Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School, Chicago. I hope and pray that the following message blesses you with peace and hope in Christ, who died and rose for you, for free. It is yours. If you'd like to support God's mission of giving life, hope, peace, joy, and love in the city of Chicago, go to stjames-lutheran.org. Peace. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In the name of Jesus, amen. Go ahead, grab a seat. Hug a, hug a fan. Pastor, uh, when I win the lottery, if I do, I'm going to give the first part to the church. I'm going to buy that thing that we've been talking about. You heard that before? Have you thought that before? I hear that all the time. From our out in hillbilly land, southern Ohio, Kentucky, I hear that all the time. When I, learn, when I get that lottery or win that lawsuit, or my last church, and quite frankly here, if, uh, if this investment comes in, if this Bitcoin comes in, if this whatever, I'm going to do this, we're going to do that. Now, I'm not making fun of it. I get it. I had those things in my own head, right? If I get this, I'm going to do that. And not just like giving, right? Be generous, sure. If I had this, if this happens, if I get that job, oh, I'll give more to people around me, let alone the church. Do you have anything like that? If this happens, then you'll do this. If this happens, then you'll be more generous with people, more kind, more loving. If you could get this situated in your life, you'd be more happy. If I get that job, right, if, if my investments are secure and I feel really good about it, well, then I can start really living. If I get that house, if I move to that place, if I win the lottery, then I'm going to be fine. I'll be happy, and I will give to those that need it. I hear this all the time, and I'm certainly like that as well. And I bet you have your, if this happens, then this. If this happens, then this. And I think, I wonder, I think it's something to do with, it's, well, first of all, like, if I get free money, then I will give to people. Like, that's, that's actually what we're saying, which is weird and creepy, <laughs> but that's how, that's, I think we think like that, right? If I get free money, then I'll give. Otherwise, I won't be giving much. And I'm not even talking about giving to the church, just in general in life. But there's also the sense of, if I can be certain about the future, then I can be happy. I think that really kills our happiness and our living and our dreams and all that sort of thing. We seem to think we've got to have this future secure so that I can have peace now. That's actually pretty good. I think it's true. If you knew that you'd be okay financially long term, you'd be more relaxed now, right? If you knew that your health is going to be good for a long time, you'd be more relaxed, I think. You'd enjoy this life. You'd be nicer, I think. What else? If you knew you were going to get that job, whatever. I don't know what it is. I think we all have that, though. If, I, if my future could be secure, I'll be okay now. Jesus is looking at his disciples, and I wonder if they're wondering about their future. They're following him around, um, and oftentimes I think we think of them as like bedraggled 
you know, people that had nothing else to do, like poor, and so they're able to sort of like, well, I'm following Jesus, and maybe I'll make, I'll get my lottery with this guy. But they were normal, a lot of them were normal, like businessmen, fishermen. Like they weren't just out there fishing one fish at a time, they had a little business, and they left it. So there's probably a little bit like, how, when's this going to pay off? Maybe a little anxiety as they're seeing Jesus not necessarily accepted by everybody. Maybe it's not working out like they thought it would following this awesome guy. And so Jesus looks at him and he says this. You read along, chapter 12. I tell you, he's looking at his disciples, so not just the 12 probably, but those who have been following him for a little bit. He says, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. Okay, there you go. If that's all he said. I mean, that's good sense. Like, don't worry. That, did that work for you? Or are you not worrying anymore? Jesus said, don't worry, so stop worrying. Has anybody told you this when you're really worrying and the, the only thing they say is, don't worry? Does that work usually? So don't worry, Jesus says. Okay, that's not enough for me. Although, although, do you remember times when you were younger, especially when you actually believed like your parents knew what they were doing? <laughs> and they tell you, don't worry. Did that work for you? It actually did. did. Do you remember those days? Was that, weren't those wonderful days, by the way? And these little people get to enjoy that. Mom said, don't worry. You, don't, you actually don't worry about it. Whereas mom is like, holy cow, <laughs> you know what I mean? And as we get older, we're like, they didn't know what they were talking about. My parents are very smart and wise, but they're not geniuses, and they lie to me sometimes, <laughs> telling me not to worry. Jesus says don't worry. That's pretty good. Jesus says don't worry. But it goes on here. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. That's, that's, that's a good reminder. We don't need Jesus to tell us that. We've got some great philosophers to say that. If you've lived life at all, you realize that too, right? It's more than just material, physical things. Eating, drinking, surviving. That's what animals do. But life is more than that. You can have all those things and have no life. That's actually the only reason why we have a school. Not to teach them to be successful in the sense of get a job and have a house, which are good pursuits. But why do we have a school? And quite frankly, a church. So that people have life, meaning, purpose. Jesus goes on here, he says, Consider the ravens. Uh, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouses nor barn, and yet God feeds them. And later on, he talks about the lilies of the field, the same thing. They don't do anything in the sense of like planning ahead, right? They don't have storehouses, just like he talks about the grass and the lilies of the field and the flowers. Like, they're not doing anything. They have no plans for the future, and yet God takes care of them. And they're fine. I've not seen a flower anxious. Maybe I don't know. Some people talk to flowers. Or animals, I suppose, right? They don't plan. They don't have all these things at their disposal to plan out the future, to worry about this and that so they can be taken. They just do. And God provides for them. And then Jesus says, how much greater value? If he cares about them, and he does, by the way, God's an environmentalist. If he cares about them, 
how much more value are you? If he takes care of them, he's going to take care of you. Does that make you feel better? Jesus says, don't worry. He seems more trustworthy even than our, than our parents. And he points out, like, if God takes care of just creatures, how much more he's going to take care of you. Now he goes on to this. I love what he says here. And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Have you ever heard this before? I think this whole thing, right? Don't, be, don't worry, don't be anxious. This is probably the most quoted verse next to um, uh, God helps those who help themselves. No, that's actually not a Bible verse. Don't be anxious. But don't, so how, how does anxiety and you worrying about the future help? Can it add one hour? And look what he says next. I like what he says. If then you're not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Notice what Jesus says. You're worrying about another hour of your life, making it a little better, lasting a little longer, cutting that out of my diet, doing this health thing, doing this financial thing, so I can get just a little bit more. And, and, uh, and you're worrying about it at night, can't do anything about it, you're just stressing you out as you are thinking about it. And Jesus says, that doesn't help anything. But then he says, you can't even add an hour to your life. A little thing like that. And I think that's interesting because I think increasingly we live a life where we're obsessed with adding an hour to our life. And God, Jesus says that's a little thing. And I believe this is what he's saying is you're going to die. And you're stressing out about another hour. And really, what does it matter? You can't even do it. And what is that? And I really think we live in a society, I think we live in a world of improving our lives, just, just, just changing it a little here so we can just get a little more out of things. We can be a little better of a worker. We can live a little longer. We see this all the time, right? In fact, we think about the old days and how people back then, you know, in the medieval times, the average age was 50 years. And we're like, oh, thank goodness we live in today, where we live to be 73 on average. What's that? That's, that's silly. And you know it's silly as you get closer to 73. What are you doing? And yet our whole society is geared toward making sure everybody lives just a little bit longer. It's so small. It's so pointless. Whether there's a God or not, it's so arbitrary. And God calls it a little thing. You're obsessed with extending your life just, and I think, we, I think we live in a world increasingly with technology, medical, all these, which are good pursuits because we want to take care of one another, but we are obsessed in just living another hour. And while we're obsessed with that, I don't, we're not living. But what do we want to do? We want to have security. If I could just know I'm going to live this long, then I'll feel good about today. And yet all our pursuits, whether financial, whether health, are broken in a second. You'd be the healthiest person in the world, and you're gone. You can be the most financially smart person in the world, you can lose it all. It's true, right? But we 
lie to ourselves thinking it's not true and that we can figure it out how to secure our future so we can be happy. And meanwhile, we're obsessed with that and we never are happy or satisfied or more importantly, generous and giving and free. Don't be anxious. Your anxiety doesn't help at all. Look at these things. They don't do anything, and God takes care of them. That's you. He cares about you even more. Now look what he says next here. Oh, you of little faith, don't seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink or be worried. For all the nations, so countries and governments and societies, that's what they obsess over is that, like we just talked about. Okay. Everybody else does that, he says. Your Father in heaven knows you need them. So it is important, food, drink, clothing, shelter, it is important. God knows He's going to take care of it. You don't need to worry about it. And then He says this, don't seek after those things, instead seek His kingdom and these things will be added to you. So how do you get rid of anxiety? Jesus says don't worry. And there's something to that because it's Jesus and not just your parents. Second. How do you get rid of anxiety? Realize that who's taking care of you is not actually you, but it's God. And third, how do you get rid of anxiety? Jesus says, stop seeking after food and clothing and seek after what? The kingdom of God, which I want you to think of as the reign of God, the will. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The reign of God, God's, the what God does. Stop seeking after food and what you're doing to get food and clothing, and instead seek after what God is doing. That's what Jesus is saying. Stop, and let's remove the word seek, focusing, obsessing over you getting by. Easy to say, very hard to do, I stink at that, but Jesus wants us to replace it, and I think this actually can work, though you're going to fail at this many times, but this is a good way to, if you want to get rid of anxiety, stop obsessing over your food and your drink and your clothing and those things and your health and your 401k, and now start obsessing over what God has done, is doing, will do. That's not a bad tool. I mean, Jesus is not Mr. Practical. I think this is somewhat practical. Stop focusing. So when you are obsessed with these things, make yourself just look at what God has done. Maybe every week. In fact, maybe once a week we all get together and we do that. Oh, that's what we're doing. I really believe this works. Not you do it once and you never worry again. But I do believe regularly, listening to what God says, seeing what He has done, His reign, what He has done for you personally, but also globally, universally, and most especially in Jesus. Now when we hear this too, I think people think, don't seek after food and drink, but seek after God's kingdom. It almost sounds to me at first. Don't worry about these things. You need to be worrying about God's kingdom. Like, that's a far more serious thing. And it actually sounds more damning. You know what I mean? Like, holy cow, now I got to worry about 
something as universal and deep as that. But look what Jesus does. So stop focusing, obsessing about you making money, doing your job, figuring it all right so you can add another little Weasley hour to your Weasley little life. Start looking what God has done and done for you. And then Jesus says this, fear not, little flock, and you are. I don't care who you are, how on top of the world you think you are, you're a little helpless sheep, just like Grant, who needs his mom to pick him, his parents to take him over here to be baptized. He would never do it himself. He doesn't have the power to do it himself. He needed someone to do that. That's actually you, whether you're 80 on top of the world or him. You're a little flock. It's easy to get worried because you can feel very insignificant and very out of control. And your future, and it feels like that more, it feels like that, doesn't it? Your future is in the hands of somebody else, whether it's your boss, whether it's Vladimir Putin, whether it's the whether it's the economy. You know what I mean? You are so out of control. And it's easy to get anxious and worried because you can't change even an hour. But Jesus says, fear not, little flock. And earlier he said, seek after his kingdom. Look what he says here. For it is your Father's will to give you the kingdom. You have won the lottery. So stop saying, when I win the lottery, I'll be happy. Oh, uh, you have won the lottery in Jesus. Because Jesus says this here, and then soon after, your Father's will to give you the kingdom, he looks at the disciples, and he regularly looks at you, and he says, take and eat. This is my body. Take and drink. This is the cup of the new contract, covenant, in my blood, not yours, in my work, not yours, in my good pleasure, not yours. It's yours. And Jesus commits himself to you. In baptism, gives Grant the kingdom, and he's given you that. He's paid your debts. So don't worry about that. Your guilt and your shame, and he has risen from your grave and has welcomed you into a reality that lasts forever. So, your future is secure. And that's not wishful thinking or a philosophical idea, but it's on a cross in history and in your mouth and on your forehead. And it's been given to you. You don't have to look for the kingdom of God. It's right in front of you. It's in you. You're in it. Your future is secure. Tomorrow is guaranteed. Therefore, you are released from worrying today. You're freed. You can live. Look what Jesus says next after he says this. He says, sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that don't grow old, that can't rot. Because you have everything in Jesus, you know tomorrow is okay, you don't need to hoard it all. You don't need to obsess over what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, or if you're going to live another, another weaselly little hour. 
You're going to live forever. That frees us to sell, to give someone to need, to be risky in loving others, meaning someone is in need, we help them out. We're not sitting around thinking, is this a good investment for me? Give it away. Yep, you might have lost it. And I don't mean just money, but smiles, hugs, hello to the neighbor, taking care of one another. But more than that, how about living? When you're freed of worrying about tomorrow, you can actually live today and enjoy it and enjoy your meal today and enjoy your family and not be all the time having anxiety rob you of that because you're wondering about tomorrow. Jesus has it and he's proven it in the cross and he's proven it in the resurrection. You're freed of that anxiety. So you want to help with your anxiety and we got a lot of it. It's crazy, right? This is a pretty good way to do it. Look at what Jesus has done and what he's given you. And we need to do it all the time because it doesn't cure it just like once. And, and by the way, I was talking about our school. I mean, that's why we are giving the treasures of heaven out at St. James for free in every way. And in this day and age, our kids are growing up with insane anxiety. It's insane. Reading an article, and, and you know this is obvious, common sense. You can just see it. Surrounded by it, social media just sort of like constantly throws bad news at you. There's always something shocking and terrible, right, coming. One of the beautiful things I think about having our school mission is, like I said, yeah, learn how to do math and get a job and have a home. That's nice. But why are we here? It's not for that. It's to give them the treasure that can't fail. One day, you're going to stink at your job. One day, you're going to lose what you have. One day, all the decisions you make and work out really perfect are not going to work out. But you have and been given a treasure in Jesus. That's an anxiety relief that we get to give to you now in all of our ministries. But as we start school next week or next, uh, next, uh, in the next month, I just scared some of our teachers, in the next month here, we get to give them that treasure. And I want you to think about this too, parents. As you obsess about hoping your kid lives just one hour more and makes all these right decisions, gets the right college, all these things, that's nice, that's cute, as Jesus might say. Are you making sure they have the treasure that lasts forever, that gives them freedom from anxiety and gives them peace when they do fail at the skills and the whatever that they taught and were taught in college? So important. Let's do that for our kids, but also for one another, because we adults need that just as much as the kids. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Don't worry. In Jesus' name, amen.